up your frozen dinners, grab your TV tray, and settle in for another episode of The Plus Platoon, your podcast for all things Disney Plus, brought to you by Disney Plus fans. Watch along with us every week as we cover all the new, the old, the good, and the bad on Disney Plus. So put down that remote, don't touch that dial, and welcome your fabulous Plus Platoon host. Hey everyone, welcome to the Plus Platoon. We're a Disney Plus fan podcast that gives honest, spoiler-filled reviews of movies and shows on Disney Plus. We'll look at new releases, coming attractions, and we'll even go back into the vault to revisit some of the classic Disney that's on the platform. Make sure you're subscribed and you will never miss a moment. I'm going to bring in Kate. Kate, good to see you this evening. Good to see you too, Derek. Next, we've got Peter. Peter. <laughs> Hey, Derek, I'm excited because this week we watched the serialized adventures of a hero who's renowned with the blade and faces off against the forces of evil. And then we also watched Zoro. Renowned? Have you seen her fight? Seriously? <laughs> that was really good, though. Because <laughs> I saw it coming. But yeah, I, I, I wrote um, it down this time, too. I actually <laughs> get it right. <laughs> And last but not least, we've got Steve. Steve, glad to have you with us. Hi, Derek. Hi, Kate. Hi, Pete. <laughs> Guys, if you have not already, please like, subscribe, share. That way you'll never miss any of our episodes we've got coming up. And we've got some really fun ones, especially those coming up in November. We're going to go way back into some of the vault stuff. That's a lot of fun. But this week is a show I have been looking forward to since Disney Plus started. This, um, this was not one of the original shows that they brought out. They just brought this out in its entirety this last spring or summer. Um, we're looking at the uh, Disney TV series Zorro. Uh, went from 1957 to 1959. There were two seasons of 39 episodes each and starred Guy Williams as Zorro. Um, and it was Disney's first fully scripted drum any kind of dramatic series that they ever did. Only other things they ever had were the Disneyland show and Mickey Mouse Club. Um, he actually premiered Zorro, Guy Williams as Zorro on the fourth, on Disneyland's fourth anniversary show with it, with it coming out then that fall. Um, Disney, Walt Disney, this was kind of his baby. He loved this series. He would spend so much time on set. He insisted that all the sword fighting be real. And like he actually looked, Guy Williams was actually a trained swordsman that they then got the guy who trained Errol Flynn, Douglas Fairbanks, and all those guys from the movies to increase the sword fighting. So he insisted all the swords were real, had real edges on them, had real blades. Um, had comedy, has lots of fun. Pete, I'm going to start with you on this one. Now, we looked at the first, everyone looked at the first 13 episodes, which was the first story arc of the first season. Pete, what makes this series a masked classic? Oh, I couldn't, I couldn't really, I don't think I've ever watched this like all the way through. I mean, oh, I wow. knew about it, things like that. This is just a really, really solid and entertaining serial. I was the thing I was most worried about is a lot of the particularly movie serials from like the 40s and 50s are very, very repetitive. If you go back and watch like the old like Superman's and 
Flash Gordons and those type of things. You can watch one and be like, this is pretty good. But then when you watch three or four of them, you realize, oh, my gosh, every episode, the same thing happens. Literally every episode, you know, it always ends with them dangling off a cliff or something like that. And so I was a little worried that we were going to have that, that it was going to be like the same episode, you know, like, oh, uh, you know, the bad guy does something. Zoro comes to the rescue. There's a big sword fight. He jumps off of something. And it wasn't that. It was really um, an entertaining story told across 13 episodes. There was enough difference between the stories. There was there was this kind of continuous story of he was fighting against and i keep forgetting his name montessario um, montessario so there was a the the governor of los angeles montessario um was somehow trying to take over you never really knew what his plan exactly was um but he you know he was trying to take over the area from the landowners and um don uh, de la vega jr uh, comes back from Spain and he pretends to be kind of a bit of a dandy that he just he likes to read books and he, uh, you know, he he doesn't really fight or anything like that. He likes wine and good food. And then he, uh, you know, then he is in secret. He's Zorro defending the people. And but as I said, it was like it was that. And then the other thing that I liked is that he was smart and also the commander was smart. So they were kind of, you know, they were trying to outsmart each other in addition to the action sequences. So that's that's just kind of my little bit. I mean, there's lots of other things to like about this show. Few things not to like about it, but I'm going to give it over to Steve because I don't want to hog all the things. So Um, I think some of the highlights are um, definitely like Derek was mentioning the sword fighting. I mean, really some good action sequences there. I love Bernardo when you look at that character and it's all done without saying a single word. Um, Especially if you watch further, like I'm on season two, I think we made it through the first season. So enjoying it that much. Um, I I think that um, like you said, it's a nice sort of that serial where it builds up through the 13 episodes and keeps you interested. Um, If you continue on the next one, um, a little similarities you can start predicting what's going to happen but still very engaging um i enjoyed it a lot more than i thought i would derek what would you say um guys i remember watching this as a kid this was actually one of the series that when the disney channel premiered this was a daily show on the disney channel to the point of when he was eight i think my brother dressed up as zorro for halloween you gotta remember this is 1990 Right. And he's wearing uh, was, uh, much to my mother's consternation, an all black costume trick or treating. So he had reflective Z's on his front. Nice. <laughs> so excellent. Um, but this is just a fun show. It's funny. Um, it has some of the humor is predictable, some of the humor is not. Um, you're right. Uh, Bernardo is the um, the actor was basically a highly regarded mime is why they had him be mute is because he was what he was known for was miming stuff to the point of he was on gold. He uh, did the Golden Horseshoe review at Disneyland for a couple years in a bit where 
he didn't talk, but he got his fingers stuck in the guitar strings. And so, it, but it was all without talking. Um, you've got, of course, you've got, you know, the clumsy sergeant who, the big, fat, clumsy sergeant who means well, but doesn't always do what's right. I mean, actually never does the right stuff. Um, and, but, yeah, the fact that you had a villain that was believable, that he would, this is stuff, like, it seemed like stuff he would actually do, not a going to take over the world and then the next time I'm going to take over the world. It's no, he had a, he wanted the power. He wanted the power. He wanted money. He wanted land. If I remember right from the first couple episodes, he wanted the land of the area and he wanted all the taxes to come to him instead of going back to the king and queen in Spain. This right. was when California was still part of the Spanish empire. So, um, I love, I mean, this is such a fun show. Um, Kate, what worked for you about this one? What worked for you about this one? <laughs> um, the guy who played Zora, his name's Guy, right? Guy Williams. He's so attractive. Mm -hmm. Just, just, I mean, he's like the George Clooney to me of that era. Just so, oh, his smile. I mean, I just, uh, like, just giggled every time. <laughs> um, much like you, Derek, and you're Derek's a little bit older than me, but I also watched this as a kid. But I watched it when at um at night when the Disney vaults when it was the yes. Disney vault, and it was this, it was Davy Crockett, it was um three mus or uh, three musketeers um uh the Mouseketeer or Mickey Mouse Club. Um, so that is, what, and then it was Wonderful World of Disney or Disney Color. Yeah. Yeah. world of color or whatever it was um so that is when i watched it uh and it's good it um i feel like i'm gonna be the derek of this episode oh man i don't like that um i i did find parts funny um i did find i actually really liked the fight choreography um mm -hmm. it was believable it was very believable um i enjoyed bernardo as well with his physical comedy, um, there were little moments that I really liked. Um, the the whole something that I liked as a whole is it was very believable. Like in there was one scene, I think it was in like episode seven or eight, maybe, um, where the sergeant is in the room, is in the bedroom, and um, uh, Don. Diego, 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 yeah, um, who's Zoro was also in the room, and the Bernardo comes in, and he's like, Bernardo's trying to tell him something, and Bernardo's like looking at him, and then the sergeant turns around and he's like, <laughs> and like it just, but like the look on Zoro's face, it just, I like, I remember thinking to myself like, this is this is really believable. Like I believe that this is exactly what would happen if I was trying to stand behind someone. Um, I really loved, even though there weren't very many, I loved the female actresses in this show. I thought they killed their part. Um, I thought they did a great job. Um, yeah, I, I really did enjoy for the most part this show. And I will say as far as the female actresses, 
fairly strong females. Yes. Females that are not the super helpless women. It's, yes, yes they had to get rescued by Zorro, but they were standing up for their husband and not giving in. Yes. So they got arrested because they said no. Correct. So very strong females. The other thing that I was appreciative of is that for the most part, now Guy, who played Zorro, is actually Italian. Yes. But it felt like, for the most part, they didn't just take a whole bunch of white guys and be like, be Hispanic. Like, I felt like they did their due diligence for the most part. Not entirely, but go ahead, Derek. Especially because Hispanic back then meant from Spain, so they could get away with some of the more European-looking people coming over. Yeah. Um, Guy Williams, actually, does anyone know what else the other series he starred in in the 1960s? The most handsome man in the world. Lost <laughs> in space. Really? Oh, that's right. Dad yes. in Lost in Space. Uh, he was the dad? Yes. Holy cow. He was the dad that. in Lost in Space. Um. A little bit of backstory. This series was canceled after two seasons because Disney and ABC could not agree on copyright rights to the series. But Disney kept everyone on salary for another, I want to say, three years. Because he was hoping he could get this series back going again. Then once they moved to NBC, he decided... Zorro Mania is over. We've got something else coming along. So they ended up canceling the series. But he kept people on salary even when it wasn't shooting because he believed in the series that much. So, um, okay, Millennial Kate, um, <laughs> our youngin, what from this should have... I'm going to give you first shot on this one. Mm. What should have stayed hidden in the shadows? Um... So I, I mean, I'm pretty outspoken on this show about struggling with a lot of abuse, uh, physical abuse of pretty much anyone, especially women and children and animals. But um, I, I mean, it was literally like episode three or four, um, the Native Americans were getting uh, whipped. And Mm -hmm. I, even though you could tell it wasn't real, I, I, it was just a little too much for me. Um, it just didn't sit right with me. I, I didn't like, I kept saying, I don't know if I can keep watching this. Like this isn't, this isn't enjoyable for me anymore. Um, so that, that was hard. And just watching the treatment of the native Americans. Now I know, excuse me. I know that that was a very real thing in that time period, but, um, that was, that was hard for me to get past. Um, I also struggled. I get it. I get it. It's the joke. I get it. It's the it's the get it's the gag. But poking fun of the overweight guy the whole time, like especially because I kept finding myself just loving his character because half the time it wasn't that he was doing the wrong thing. He was trying to do the right thing and he was being manipulated and gaslit and made fun of to then. So just that just bothered me. And I get it. I get it. That's funny. People think that's funny to poke fun at the larger person who's the quote unquote bumbling idiot. I get it. I didn't think 
it was that funny. It kind of felt like a cheap joke. Um, and like half the time he would be like, oh, Commandante, like, but you know, like we can't do that because then they'll die. And like he he had a heart and he kept being made to feel like an idiot when he wasn't an idiot. He wasn't like, I don't know. Mm. So that bothered me. Um, but I also like really hate body shaming. So, uh, but yes, that's millennial Kate Sensor. Uh, was there anything else? Um, I kind of wish have, have any of you, this is a little bit off topic. Have any of you seen the original Adams family? Yes. What it looked like, mm-hmm. what the, the, what the, costumes and stuff actually looked like the 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 garish colors that it was was to make it It was like pink everything was pink and reds i would be so curious to know what colors they were actually Um, wearing actually wore costumes that were close to period because okay costumes that will have looked correct okay got it then yeah so it was he filmed it in black and white because that's what he had but okay. Okay. it was a when you sh- when you looked at some of the still pictures, he's got a costume on that's it's dark blue and it's got the gold and it's gotcha. Yeah. Okay, um, but yeah, those two things were the the biggest things that stood out to me, um, and it was kind of hard to get past. But overall, it was a good show. Those were the things that like really just rubbed me the wrong way. What about you, Pete? Yeah, I have to agree with you on that that they i'm I'm not a big fan of the bumbling fat guy as the butt of all the jokes but more so than that like this commandant is like you know really strict and is trying to get people killed and all these other things yet his commander is a complete incompetent and he just kind of is like, oh, I, you know, I should get rid of you. But he doesn't. And 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 that to me kind of almost took me out of the show. at Because t- I do agree with like, it is a pretty realistic, you know, believable show. But it wasn't believable that this dude would keep this guy in command of the troops if he wasn't as incompetent as the show made him. Um, that was my biggest one. I was really worried that we would see some really uncomfortably, un- uncomfortable racist stuff i mean disney's pretty good with that but gosh there's still some some of it in their history right um and and really it wasn't bad at all i mean the 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 native americans were really just mostly background but you know they also didn't treat them as you know mystics or any kind of like real stereotypical thing savages right right they 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 treated them kind of, it was, it was kind of that they were servants, but again, that was probably the reality of the day was that the, you know, these um, landowners, cause, cause let's, let's be real. The, the heroes of this story were the landover owners. They probably weren't the best people either, but, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, is I thought, uh, I thought overall, I didn't really have a lot of problems with the show other than the treatment of that one character that Kate already mentioned. Um, and yeah, I just, I don't, I can't, I can't really think of anything else. Uh, what about you, Steve? Any, anything you that bothered you about it? Um, I wanted to say bothered, but I thought when they got into sort of like the love interest interest for Zero, that it was sort of weak. I think they did better when he was there to 
do what was right and protect. Like, cause it was never there, but there's some moments up there. You don't need to go there. I don't think it's adding anything to the story. I mean, that was my biggest thing. I also agree with Kate. There's some things where it's like, I don't need to see that. Um, there's a few like sort of things that are sort of NPC, but like you were saying, um, there's very few moments there. I mean, overall, it was very enjoyable to watch. But for mine, it was just sometimes the love interest. You don't need to go there. It's not adding to the story. Yeah. Especially if you've watched some of the further on episodes where you see some true love interests with Zorro in that. Yeah. Okay. Any I look forward interest, to that. Any love, is, any love interest here didn't really fly. I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, um, what, the one thing, I mean, uh, again, of the time... There was a little, and like anytime there were women there, there was someone creeping on them. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, but, uh, you know, I mean, it's again, it's of the time. Yeah. Um, for me, some of the episodes were a little uneven. There were definitely better episodes than some others. Um, yeah. I guess I'm obligated to say, that the fact that it was a serial and you had to watch all of the episodes to truly understand what was going on. I didn't care in this one. They were short. They were entertaining. It's not like there were three hours and I had to watch 24 of them. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't, have, you didn't have to watch a hundred hours of television. Right. To watch this Marvel six and a half. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think I'm not sure how Bernardo would play today. To be perfectly honest, um, I think the biggest fact on that would be the fact that he was the act. The biggest thing that would get flagged today was the fact that was the actor was not deaf and or was not dumb, was not unable to speak. Because I'm just, to me, that's one thing that would be brought in. I I don't agree with that. I think it was a, a very funny take on it, especially with the fact that he was pretending to be deaf as part of his character. I think it was very good. Um, to me, I guess that the biggest part of it was the unevenness. I found myself skipping, honestly, skipping like some of the horse chase scenes just because mm-hmm. those were a lot the same. Mm-hmm. Those were a lot the same. Zorro chase. There's, there's not a lot to do with horse chasing. No, there's not a lot. And they had a lot of horse chase scenes. Yeah. So mainly because they don't take as much choreography as sword fighting. Right. Um, but that was um I get I said okay, I get the not really liking the bumbling idiot the big fat bumbling idiot. But yet you also brought up the point that he was actually seen as probably the best of the guards of as yeah. he was humane. He was he knew what you should and shouldn't do. He 100%. was always trying to do the right thing thing yeah and he made montessario look even worse yes so yeah i I will agree with that um but i mean is this a perfect show no i don't think there's any such thing as a perfect show but or very 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 few things as such things as a perfect show but that was about all i really saw that was not that great i will say kate you are have a lot you have something in common with a net funicello other than the fact that we're both delta gammas thank you so much the fact that you both thought guy williams was hot 
He's beautiful. <laughs> and that is why in season two, Walt Disney put her in three or four episodes <gasps> of this because he, he knew she had a crush on Guy Williams. Well, who wouldn't? Any person walking this earth, if he flashed that smile, they're never mind. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. We just smiling my dancing. We almost just lost our uh, safe for work thing. Safe for work rating. Okay. Kate, I'm going to throw you a bone on this one because I know you typically have trouble with these kind of questions. Actually, I am good at this one, but go ahead. So I'm going to let you go first on this one. Okay. Who would you, if Kate, you're remaking the series, right? And remaking it as a series, yeah. not as a one off movie, but as a yep. series, who would you cast in a remake? Okay, I don't know who I would cast as Zorro because I was going to say Antonio Banderas, but he already played Zorro. Never done that. Um, Ricky Martin could probably do it well years ago. Mark Anthony could probably do it well years ago. It was easier for me to name the other characters if I were to do um, the sergeant, either Michael Pena, who's in Ant Man. Mm -hmm. He's the one okay. who. Um, do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, or mm -hmm. um, there was one other one that I was going to say. Was it uh, George Lopez, maybe, as that? Uh, George Lopez, yeah, I would actually maybe. put, I, I would put that. him as the, yeah, as the sergeant. Um, I would put, I have these all written down. Um, either Eva Longoria or Sofia Vergara. As um, the daughter, the girl. Even um, at this age, to, let's be honest. Even with them at this age, you wouldn't have them be the mother instead. Uh, maybe. Um, and the only other one that I could pick was the villain guy, um, and I would put Andy Garcia, who is. Yeah, I um, can see that. Yeah. If you don't know, those listening along, if you don't know, Andy Garcia is the villain in the Ocean's Eleven movies. Very good. <laughs> Go ahead, Pete. <laughs> so, so I can feel I can feel you in because actually I only I I couldn't really think of the other roles, but um my pick for um I actually had two ideas, but one of them was I thought was a little too obvious. So I won't even do that one. But I thought of maybe using Oscar Isaac from uh who was in Moon Knight. Oh, yeah. Oh um, yeah, he would be a good Zorro. I, I wanted someone that like wasn't too old. Wait, uh, what was your you one know. that was too too obvious? Um, do I have to say it because it's too obvious? Yes, say it. <laughs> don't say it because it may be one of ours. I'll so I'll say it at the end if no one else okay. says it. Um, but uh, you know, and and he he played a dual role in um in moon Knight, Right. So I think that he could, he could play believably as someone that's playing to be the, you know, the, the dandy and playing to be the, the rough and tumbling adventurer. So I mm -hmm. think, I think he would be good. He's, he's a, to me about the right age, maybe a little on the old side, but it, to me, Zorro should be like 35 or something like that, you know, kind of age 30, 35. Um, I mean, I think, they made it sound like this guy might have been trying to play 25, but I don't think he was. I don't think he really was 25. But um, yeah, that's that's who I thought of. Um, I didn't really cast any other roles. I couldn't think of a good villain. I like Andy Garcia. That's a good idea. 
What about you, Steve? Um, I'm going to go with villain first because this just came to me. Mm-hmm. Antonio Banderas coming yeah. back and playing as playing as the villain. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, yeah he could do that. Um, for Zorro, I was looking through my list. Um, one that pops up possibly Alfred Molina, who was in Spider Man. I don't remember his role, but he was in a couple other things. Um, like you said, sort of that younger vibe. Um, for um, Bernardo, either Gabriel um, Inglesias, the comic, or um, oh, okay. Jack Black. Because I'm, oh. I'm thinking someone who could do the physical sort Absolutely. of comedy, right? Stuff. Um, for um, so yeah, those those are the ones that come to mind. Like like it's really hard, like trying to figure who's good at physical sort of the comedy that Bernardo needs because it has to be all through like no words. Um, right. The other person that came to mind was maybe Sean Hayes, who from like from Will and Grace, who could do the physical comedy part. Um, I could also see him maybe in Garcia because Garcia has also a lot of physical comedy with his facial expressions and stuff. I like How about it. you, Derek? Um, this may be Pete's completely obvious, and it probably would have worked better when he was, what, five years younger or so as Zorro Orlando Bloom. So, okay. oh, yeah, that wasn't my completely obvious. Okay. I think I know what your um, completely obvious is, though. Who was your completely obvious, Pete? Well, Kate, you want to guess? Uh, the guy, Pedro, or Pedro guy, Pascal. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he was on my list too. Because he's like in everything, like yep, the cast yeah. team and everything now. So yep. I was like, oh, I can't, I can't do that. That's just like. But I agree know. with you. I think he would be yes. very good at it. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, and I think he could be good at any of those roles. I think he could be good as, I think he is so well-rounded as an actor. I don't think I would have put him as Bernardo. Oh, I think so. I think I, he's very funny. I know, I know this is. Did did any of you see um, the unbearable weight of massive talent with Miss, with Nicolas Cage? Mm-hmm. No, uh, Pedro. Uh, very funny movie. Nicolas Cage plays a version of himself. Pedro Pascal is like this guy that hires Nicolas Cage to come to. He's like a drug lord, and he hires Nicolas Cage to come for his birthday party, and. Uh, Pedro Pascal is hilarious in that. So yeah, he would he would be great as the as the villain, but as I said, I, it's it's yeah. he's getting everything nowadays. So. Um I also had Diego Luna Andor on my list. Sorry, Derek, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, I get to keep talking. Okay, cool. Yep. Um I would say um one guy I thought of for the villain, and he just because he's played a Hispanic donut. Guy by the name of Hector Ubari. Okay. Rico in Crocodile Dundee 2. Okay. The okay. bad. Any, has anyone okay. seen Crocodile Dundee 2? I have, but it was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, you mentioned Gabriel Iglesias. Yeah. How about if we're going to stick with the fat man for Garcia, Gabriel Iglesias is Garcia? I could see that too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to stick with physical types and as much as it pains me to say this because he is so annoying, but for facial expressions and physical comedy, how can you not include Jim Carrey as Bernardo? I'm, 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 I'm just, 
He is in everything. He's so popular. He would steal it. And he's so. He's he's too mugging, though. You know what I mean? Like too over over exaggerated. I think. Did you call him mugging? Mug he mugs a lot. Like he's too big of a ham. Oh, I've never heard that term before. I like it. He mug. Yeah, he mugs for the camera. I mean, I can say I didn't like it, but it's (laughs) in my head. Yeah. No, I could. I could see it as a choice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so as far as at least in this first couple, as far as the females, I didn't really see a need for one. To be perfectly honest. Because yeah. we were only in a couple different episodes. Um, how about for Diego's father? That's where you pull in Antonio Banderas. Sure. I can see that. And sure. not just because he was in the Mask of Zorro and those Zorro movies, right. but as a in that he is in that age of playing an older right. Hispanic guy. So okay. So those are all, I mean, valid choices. Now, as we always do. Cups of Pixie Dust out of five for the what you have watched of the series as a whole. I know she's going to be the one struggling with this the most, so I'm going to make her go first. Kate. I always go first on Pixie Dust. I know, and I've got a guess. I've told Kate, I'm going to put Gina in just now because we have a guess on everyone's rating. (laughs) What do you think my guess is? uh You say it first, then I'll tell you. <laughs> um, I'm stuck between a two and a half and a three. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> uh, uh, exactly go I'll go with a three. Derek oh, oh. got it. <laughs> uh, because it was, because I did find that I wanted to keep watching. It right. wasn't like some things we've watched where it's like, oh my God, I've got five more episodes. Like, right. no, or- this- or certain things like, oh my gosh, I have to watch another episode of it this week. Yeah. Pete, how about you? Um, I'm giving this a four. I really <laughs> am enjoying it. <laughs> and um, I would, it was, it's definitely like if my wife said, oh, can we watch this from the beginning? I, I mean, I would watch it again. I wouldn't want to yeah. do that tomorrow, but um you know, because I, I, I ended up watching most of it on my own because, you know, it was just it was a lot of episodes. And so, like, I watched it on the plane and things like that. Um, and also, like, I could watch like two or three at a time. Um, yeah. More than that. No, it was not. It was definitely not a sit down and watch six episodes type show. Right. But um, yeah, so I'm, I'm giving it a four. Okay. Are we going card? <laughs> All right. Um, I started off the first two episodes as a, as a two, but I stuck with it and I'm currently at a four. Ding, ding, ding. We went card. <laughs> All of us, didn't we? We went card. Um, I'm going a four. It's a solid four. Yeah. It's a, Pete, you're right. It's not sit down for six hours and watch it bingeable. It's not. But it's watch a couple episodes at a time, two, three episodes at a time. Um, guys, it's become our dinner episodes. We watch it during dinner. And that works. Yeah. Um, guys, this is the highest non documentary we have rated since Guardians One. <laughs> wow. Um, That's great. And before and yeah, since Guardians One and Who Framed Roger Rabbit are the last two that have been even close to this Whoa. high. Whoa, impressive. So wow. it's I mean, 
guys, this is a show to watch. This is a something that stands up from 1957 yeah. to 1959, even though it only had two seasons. There's a, there's a lot of shows from that era that you watch now and you're like, oh my God, this is so bad. And it this is not one of them. You know, it's like, it's like kind of like, I think I was thinking, I was thinking of comparisons almost like I Love Lucy, right? Or Dick Van Dyke. Is a, is a, or Dick Van Dyke show is a show that from that era you can go back and watch now and still be like, this but, is really good. But also not bingeable. So <laughs> there's that. No, yeah. So. The other thing we watched this week was Ahsoka episode six, or as I call it, Ezra and the amazing Technicolor bad guy. Um, Cause you know, go, go, go Ezra. Find... Anyway. Um, so, okay. Kate, nothing, seriously, nothing on that. I, okay. I got nothing. Fair enough. Okay. So since I kind of know what the, the, the far two are going to say, Steve, I'm going to start with you thoughts on episode six. Um, I love that they brought out Thrawn now. I, I felt like he really matches from Rebels and just how he's playing everything. As reading a thing of of like he should know who Ahsoka is, but I think he's playing like he's trying to gather information. Like he's going checking people what do you know to check it with his information and just how cool and collected he is. Um that the reuniting with Sabine and Ezra did did touch me, um, but it was I'm, I don't know if Ezra, the actor playing Ezra, has has meshed with me yet. I, I have to think about the timeline and stuff and stuff. I'm curious where it's going. I know there was some talk about um, Sabine's motives and what she's doing. Um, I'm buying into it because she was so. If you look back at End of Rebels. It really upset her that they lost Ezra. So I think she's thinking with her heart and not thinking with her head. So she's going to make these huge risks without thinking about the full consequences. So I'm enjoying it so far. I'm curious where it goes next. So um, I'll add one more thing is because I'm watching with my husband and definitely he had I had we had to pause and talk and I had to give him a quick recap of what was going on in Rebels so he could <laughs> understand what's going yeah. on. Yeah, so. 100%. Yes. Okay, I'm going to ask Gina and Pete one question and then they need to stop talking again. <laughs> How long pre-Battle of Yavin was Rebels? Like end of lost, Rebels was... They lost, with, when they lost Ezra, was how far before the Battle of Yavin? Like five years. So this has been, no. ten, so this has been 10 years then since they've seen him? No, since since the the Battle of Yavin was only... Within a few months of when, really, I thought it was Ezra. Yeah, but but it has been almost ten years. It's been yeah, almost ten it's years. It's been ten years. Okay, I just yeah. didn't know okay. if it was before or after. Awesome, cool. Yeah. Now we take care of those two again. Um, so to me, this was the best episode so far. Um, because it actually moved the plot. We actually got to meet the big bad guy, even though there's some connection, you know, to the, the, the fates and Hercules and the, the three witches and you go Macbeth on, excuse me, the Scottish play on it. Sorry, Kate, I'm, I'm going to turn around three times and spit on this one. Um, but there were connections into that, but we actually got to see Ezra. We actually got to see, I'm sorry, the, the, the line, tell me a story. Okay. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away was terrible. 
I know what they were trying to do. It was terrible. The fact that that's how he started it. That's one of those. Okay. What's the cheesiest, silliest way he can start this? I know. So we got nothing else. Hey, let's go with something that'll make the fans go. Ah! Um, so it's one of those where it moved the plot. You're right. I don't buy him as Ezra. I have not bought him as Ezra yet at all. To me, he's too old. Um, for right because if if you've gone from end of Rebels, where you know figure mid to late teens, to him now being twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight. He looks he looks so much older than that. So that's the question. From Rebels End up to this point where they finally meet again, how long has it been? They just said nine years. Nine, ten years. Nine years. Yeah, he's too old. Yeah, I would agree. Um, but the fact that I still have to sit through two more episodes. Uh and yes, it's it's killing Pete and Gina not to talk. I can tell right now because they're trying. Those of you who are listening at home, they're trying to talk, but they're not allowed at the moment. So, hey, what were your thoughts on episode six? Um, it happened. Ezra coming back happened sooner than I thought it would. I thought it was going to be closer toward the end. Um, it was good. It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really wish I loved this as much as Gina and Pete do. I wish, I wish, but um, yeah, it was good. It was it, it was clever. The part with the little crazy red witches people was interesting. Um, is it, did anyone, Steve, or get shades of almost a little bit of shades of Jar Jar with the little crab dudes? You're really <laughs> no, and now I do. <laughs> the, hermit, the, 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 the hermit crab people yeah the hermit the hermit crab people <laughs> so you beat me to it that was going to be one of the last things I was going to say was I loved the hermit crab people at the end yeah they're great but it's yeah. going to go into Jar Jar if they're not careful they need to kind of be ended with them now yeah that's fair um, yeah it was a solid episode it wasn't I I I really thought, I mean, I think we all knew Ezra was going to come back. I think I thought it was going to be closer to the end. That's so. like at the end of episode seven type thing. Yeah. That, that, that or even been. like, or even end of episode six, where like, like then you had one more episode of mm-hmm. Sabine and Ezra. And now that's what, I, that's what we're setting up. I is. do. Oh, shoot. Is there another question for this? Pred- uh, prediction, no. Predictions are coming. Oh, okay. Um, I do find it interesting. It's supposed to be about Ahsoka, and this was basically a non-Ahsoka episode. It, yeah, and that's one of those where it's like, well, it's like Book of Boba Fett was not really about Book of Boba Fett. This series has been about Sabine. Sabine and Ezra, yeah. Yeah, so. Okay. Oh, poor Gina. <laughs> okay, take the muscles off. Gina, <laughs> Pete, geek out on us on I'll, over episode. I'll let Gina go first. Okay, the only thing I was going to say, I was saying was this is the spin-off to rebels just that's something that people need to still know this is a spin-off and thrawn is played by the voice actor from rebels so i thought that was amazing they pulled him in he knows the mannerisms he knows how he's supposed to speak loved that love and then the last thing i want to say and it just came and went was that 
Ahsoka is in this episode, but again, it's a spinoff, and we're going to see um, the, the relationship with Ezra, Sabine, and Ahsoka coming up. So that was that's all that I will add. Okay, go ahead, Pete. Um, so I I did really like this episode. Um, I agree, it's like kind of a co-series because the previous episode was all Ahsoka. And this episode was barely Ahsoka, but I think she's going to show up in the next episode pretty, pretty quick. But so they, they kind of told telling two parallel stories there. The only thing that really bothered me about this episode was I get Sabine is doing all these stupid, stupid things because she cares so much about Ezra. But now that she's found Ezra, why is she so stupid as to be like, well, I'm not going to tell you anything. Let's just, let's just have a good time. You know, let's just, let's just be in the moment. No, you're stuck on a planet in another galaxy with no real way to get back. And And they they don't, yeah. And they don't know Ahsoka's (laughs) coming. Right. And it, it, and it's like, you know, and plus he's like 10 years. He doesn't know that the empire fell. That's what, yeah, good, right. The whole, so you know, nothing. So you're not going to tell, you're not going to tell him anything. <laughs> I was like, come on, Sabine. That, that was, that was my biggest, that was my biggest complaint about the whole series so far was her being like, oh, let's just, let's just relax and yeah. talk a bit. Let's enjoy the oh, moment. Let's together. Enjoy, yeah. Oh, really? Okay. We have so. two episodes left. One is airing as we speak, as we're recording this episode. And then the next one will go. Next week. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Ten minutes. No. So, Steve, going to start with you again, and once again, going to mute Gina and Peter on this one. Um, so, Steve, <laughs> predictions for the last two episodes. Um, so, Ahsoka is going to come back, <gasps> and 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 she's going to save them, and then something's going to happen with Thrawn, and I think basically, time. Combo, they're gonna have to realize they have to depend on each other to get back. And then Thrawn is gonna go on to cause havoc in the in the um galaxy or whatever. So and then there'll be somewhere where they could set it up. If they want to do a season two, they could do a season two, or they could do a rebels or whatever spin-off, but they could also wrap up the story. That's my prediction. Okay. Hey, I'm gonna let you go next. Um, so one thing that caught me in this episode was the way that Sabine's face looked when Ezra said, I can't wait to go home. And I don't know if that's me just totally reading into it. The whole yeah about that type look. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I'm not even going to try to say like, I think this is going to happen, but I think it's going to have something to do with that. (laughs) Okay. If that makes any sense. I think that there is going to be some, conflict resolution when it comes to Ezra going home. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you think Ezra will get home? You think they're all going to end up back in the same in the same galaxy that everyone else yes. ends up in? Yes. yes. Okay. And I think uh, Pete, Pete's mentioned this in sort of the chat we have is this is really Sabine's story. She's going to be able to redeem herself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, her um, had several com- seen several things about you know how her trying to open the door when Thrawn's ship was coming and her the whole her trying to use the force trying to use the force trying to use the force in episode eight she's gonna be able to use the force in a very critical moment. Um, to me, you've also got uh, Balin Skull will redeem himself. He will come out as a good quote good guy Jedi. 
because, you know, he misses it. He misses it and he's going to see something that's going to go completely against what he was always believed in and yada, yada. Or he's going to dive completely into the Sith because of something that's on the planet. You know, you're going to see the Emperor has a projection there and that's where he's going to know that the Emperor first is into the cloning and he survived the dive down deep and something stupid that way for... Oh, that's more of a Marvel thing to do. <laughs> so, um, I think I would not be a bit surprised to see Ahsoka ultimately make a sacrifice to where she dies at the end, potentially. But I mean, I I don't think it will happen because they want to, you know, try and potentially bring back an episode uh, season two. But it would not surprise me if one of the main characters dies in this just because of um that that's also a very star wars thing to do and then they come back next season as a as a force projection so um okay i'm going to unmute gene and pete temporarily cuz i need an answer the alien dude on rebels was rex no zeb zeb i think zeb's going to show up in one of these last two episodes I think Zeb will be the key to getting them home with um, with Hera. Because Hera's, remember, Hera's still getting her butt chewed back on Coruscant for doing this. Right. She's going to, mm-hmm. she will be back. We have not seen the last of Hera. I think episode seven is going to be all about getting them back to the normal galaxy. And I think they said something about how the whales, the, the space whales come there to die. I think there will be whales that go in the other direction also and then die there type thing. This one was Ahsoka makes some kind of a Vulcan mind meld with them. and Oh, sorry. Wrong series. And (laughs) convinces them that you're, you know, you came here to die. You came here to sacrifice yourself. Send us back and we will then be able to help give you a proper burial because we've seen dead bodies of them back. So we know they don't all die in bone Saturn rings. So, um, I mean, I think I think this is going to be a fairly predictable ending, to be perfectly honest, especially if it continues as basically a Rebels, oh, Rebels season, whatever it is. Oh, sorry. Your turn. Sorry, I'm not <laughs> <laughs> For those of you listening at home, new drinking game is anytime they reference rebels, including Frank, I will end up like not finish <laughs> the show if we keep that up. Well, no, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I've only said it twice. Uh-huh. I know. So, Gina, predictions for the last couple episodes. So, I actually agree with you on a lot of the points. My one thing was with Ahsoka, I think she's going to level up i don't know if it's through being a force ghost i don't think that but i think from her neutral state she's gonna level up and create a new and be a jedi, full jedi. or whatever kind of jedi yeah um even though she's no jedi she'll be something and then i think sabine is actually going to train with ezra there's going to be some training there that's going to break off this is on the bottom yeah the i do agree with jedi. zeb and tara and jason something jason i maybe sabine will train jason something with the kid that's my other thing. But I agree and, with almost everything else. And that's an interesting... Pete, did you get a shirt from a Disney source? I did not, no. Okay, then who knows? I was thinking, <laughs> if you got that from a Disney source and it says 
warrior rebel <laughs> jedi on the bottom so so, so what's massive. what's on here was on the it was on the trailers that's how they described her was warrior outcast rebel jedi and she's clearly okay. was in jedi. was in the trailers and i'm for no the show jedi. so yeah, yeah. now i know jedi so we know she's no jedi but I think everybody's no welcome. jedi they all well because no. Well, because we all know Luke is the last Jedi, so come no, on. No, he is not. <laughs> the last Skywalker. Because that's all, that's and, something wrong. You know, everything you said in that sentence is wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, so no, I agree with a lot of that. My only thing was, yeah, I think she's just going to level up, and um, we're going to see some with Jason and some training with Sabine, and she will use the Force, but she'll be trained by Ezra. Jason? Jason? Jason, Jason is um, Harris Harris. kid. Kid. Yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay, yes, he's a okay. also like a the green-haired guy. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I mostly agree with you, Derek. And I also, I, I don't think, I don't think Ahsoka's going to die. I don't think Dave Fair. Filoni got got to put her in live action to kill her after one season. Um, I will say, yeah. I mean, I, I fully expect we're going to see Sabine be able to use the Force before the end of it all. Um. You know, they wouldn't go through all this trouble to get to Ezra to not bring him back. So it, they're going to bring him back. Thrawn is is going to be the the big bad for the foreseeable Filoni TV universe. Um, so I think, you know, obviously Thrawn is not going to be killed either. I think the most interesting thing is what's going to happen to Balin and um, Hati. Um, and I'm I'm not sure what's going to happen, but I feel like Hati? Blonde girl. The blonde girl. The blonde girl. Yeah. I think she's gonna die. She's gonna be the she's the person who I was gonna I was gonna break the other way. I think I think um what be really the actor died. Yeah, but they didn't know that when they filmed this, so I don't necessarily think they're gonna kill his character because of that. A definite split between them. Right. I I think I think he's gonna like because like he's telling her about all this power and everything and she's and she's starting to look like hmm I don't know about this. So I wonder if um she's going to end up going over like end up with the rebels side uh and he's going to end up like kind of either sacrificing himself or being killed for what he's trying to achieve. Um so that's that to me is the most interesting, the, the biggest unknown of what we got left, because I think the other characters we know, we know Thrawn's going to get back to the galaxy. We know the others are all going to get back to the galaxy. Um, so I think that's that to me is the most interesting thing is is where are those going to char- characters going to go is Thrawn then the generation of the New Republic. Well, or, he's or or, or or the First Order. Well, I mean, he's heir to the empire. Okay, to our two Star Wars people, right? One of those things that look like coffins that he keeps pulling off the ship that he needs the black magic for. I'm assuming those are, um, some kind of like. Is that where he's getting re- his soldiers? Reanimated corpses that because yeah. the witches can do that. But I think they're clones. Well, I don't. I don't. Well, I mean, they could, I don't think they're clones. But I think they're. I think they could be reanimated corpses. Well, all his soldiers would have been clones. I guess they weren't. No, because they they were already switching out the clones. Yeah, but I think well he still that. has clones. I think mm-hmm. he still has clones because he left. Oh. He left. They left during the 
time of the clones. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Anyways, I, I think it's more something the witches have done. I don't like know. Reanimated because he said he's lost a lot of people or whatever. Yeah, and, and I'm wondering yeah. if they're going to be like his reanimated soldiers Probably. that are going to be unkillable or something. Um, the undead. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Didn't we try that with orcs in Lord of the Rings? It was the Palpatine <laughs> thing. Okay. Fair strong yeah. magic. <clears throat> hey. Yeah. The, the the witches of Dathomir can can revive corpses yeah. so anyway yeah which is of apathy oh no wait that's us so anyway <laughs> kate what have we got for the disney plus news this week it's my turn <laughs> um first up in the disney plus news a tentative agreement this is great news between the studios and the writers union means that development could soon resume on Disney Plus programs. However, no agreement between the Actors Union and the studios is in sight. So any new filming will have to wait until that is resolved. But that's great news. It's a good step in the right direction. Yeah. And I think they're probably going to try and use this to pressure the actors to go for a very similar offer. Oh, for sure. I agree. For sure. Next up, despite what we had predicted per the official Disney release, Indiana Jones and the Mm -hmm. Dial of Destiny will not be released on Disney Plus in October. This can be subject to change, but at this time, it looks like it will be a November or later release. The DVD versions have gone on sale this week and While that is an indicator of an impending release in the past, nothing is forthcoming from Disney at this point. Yeah, I think they're finally starting to realize that they need the money from the DVD and digital sales to justify, especially movies that don't do so great in the box office. Yeah. Well, and I also think they're starting to realize that if you put a movie out in the theater and then put it on TV in six weeks, people aren't going to go to the movie to see it. That's fair. That's and, that fair. and so they're starting to move in the opposite direction of that, of waiting three, four months to put it on the streaming service. And they used to wait like six, nine months or almost a year. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, way back. <laughs> All right. And last but certainly not least, Disney is now releasing previously removed original movies off of Disney Plus in four purchased digital formats on Vudu and Amazon. These include Crater, Flora and Ulysses, and other made-for-service shows. However, since they have been written off as Disney Plus losses, the chances of them returning to the service is virtually zero. This will allow for true fans of these movies to preserve their ability to view these shows. And that's it for the Disney Plus news. Yeah, and on that, that really upsets me because you're taking something away from us that you originally gave to us. Now the only way we're ever going to see it is if we have to pay extra for it. Yep. So that that is the very definition of bait and switch. So... Okay. Yeah. So good. Good thing so far it's all been crap, though. Oh yeah. So far, so far none of it's good. <laughs> so, um, and don't know if you guys saw it. This wasn't the Disney Plus news, but this week Loki season one and WandaVision and some of those early se- series came out on Blu-ray and DVD. Okay. Which makes me scared to be. Perfect. They're going to leave Disney Plus. No, but I think Disney is. Disney's been losing so much money on Disney Plus that 
to be perfectly honest, in five years, I don't know if Disney Plus is still around. Mm. I'm mean, uh, to, perp- to be perfectly honest, I disagree. I think it's like fifteen ninety nine a month, but I think it's still there. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Okay, next week we are watching the Ahsoka finale. We'll actually be watching two episodes, but we will be covering the finish of season one of Ahsoka. Um, we're going to do a special Wednesday tape. We normally tape these things on Tuesdays. We'll be do a special Wednesday taping so you can get our first reactions to the finale. That'll be a week later, especially because a week later, <sighs> we've got Loki season two. Which actually like timey-wimey stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> if you thought the world between worlds was terrible just wait till we get back into the time variance authority (laughs) let's one of the things i like about star wars is no time travel yeah Uh, okay except the world between worlds there's very very little time travel yeah the world between worlds is not strictly speaking time travel no right (laughs) so anyway Guys, we have a lot coming up. We've got a lot of fun stuff coming up, but we do have a couple weeks. Like we thought Indy was Indy five was coming to the service in October and we're wrong specifically. Okay. I'll take the boat on this one. I thought it was coming in October and I was, and I was wrong. So we've got an open gap there. If you have suggestions and I know you do, but no one's emailing us so far. So please. Email us at plusplatoon at gmail.com. Your, the first email we get will be the selection we choose. Um, unless it's like Jane the sequel. And then we'll you know <laughs> pretend I never got the email. Um, guys, please email us at plusplatoon at gmail.com. Um, message us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, anywhere. Let us know what suggestions you have. Excuse me. On X. I did. <laughs> I know. What that's about, what I put Twitter. What about on. threads? Are X, we on threads? Formerly yet? known as Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Or Twitch. Or yeah, yeah. Anyway, guys, we have new episodes coming out every Thursday on YouTube and all the major podcasting services for Kate, Gina, Pete, and Steve. I'm Derek, and we will see everyone next week. Bye, guys. Peace out. Thanks for watching this week's episode of the Plus Platoon. Be sure to subscribe to the Plus Platoon podcast to keep getting great content each week. Then head over to Apple Podcasts and leave those five-star reviews as they help make the Plus Platoon visible to even more Disney Plus fans. Also, go to YouTube and like and subscribe to the Plus Platoon channel where you can watch all future episodes live. If you have a question for the Plus Platoon, please send us an email to plusplatoon at gmail.com or connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Plus Platoon. The Plus Platoon is a Disney Plus fan podcast and is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or the Disney Plus streaming service. All opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the individual hosts and in no way reflect the views of the Walt Disney Company. Thanks for watching and be sure to stay tuned for next week's episode because the Plus Platoon is to be continued. Thank you.